What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, and whatever else might be running around inside of my head, but mostly role-playing games, because even when reality hits and life steps in, you can still go on an awesome adventure. I'm back. Yeah, got some calls, got some stuff to say. Just got finished watching the 1984 movie Dungeon Master for um, the the movie night thing that Goblin's Henchman suggested to Jason from Nerds RPG Variety Cast, where a bunch of us watch the same fantasy movie one a month and then send all of our thoughts about it to Jason and then he'll air those episodes. So the first one... The first movie we watched for last month at time of recording was Clash of the Titans. This month was Dungeon Master. I'd never seen it before. <laughs> it, it's definitely a movie. That's that's about all I can say for Dungeon Master is that it was a movie that was made. And it's pretty short. <laughs> but that's not what we're here for. We'll hear more about that. Uh, when the episode for it comes out on Nerds RPG Variety Cast. So I don't want to say too much here. But yeah, so I got calls today from Carl, the Geomologist of the Geomologist Presents podcast, and Daniel of the Bandits Keep Media Empire. I got calls from those dudes, and uh, that's what we're going to get into. And then I will do a recap of our most recent Wrath of the Righteous session, because we played that again, and it was awesome. So yeah, let's start it off with a Carl with a Carl from Call. How about a call from Carl? That works even better. All right, Carl, take it away, dude. Hey Joe, I just wanted to drop your message and tell you that the Stephen King estate and Amazon appreciates you. You all your talk about with Jason on uh, We Deal in Lead, you know, on his podcast on We Deal with Lead, and and then you're talking about the Dark Tower series. You know what? I bought the box set. I bounced. I have the Gunslinger actually, but. You know, and I bounced off this series time and again. I think I've only made it as far as as Wastelands, but then you were, like, hyping up Wastelands, and, well, you know, there you go. My credit card loves you, too. Love you, bro. I am sorry about your credit card, dude. <laughs> I really am. But that's awesome you picked up the box set. I wish I still had. When I first started reading the gunslinger books my parents had um because wastelands wasn't out yet but they had the first two books and you know those I, I i don't know what they're called they're not the mass market paperbacks they they have a separate name but they're the big soft cover books with the illustrations inside like they had these full color illustrations and they were amazing i wish i still had those but yeah so like I said in my talk about the Dark Tower series, personally, while I think the second book in the series, Drawing of the Three, is pretty awesome, I like it, I do feel you could skip it and be okay if you, don't, if you wanted to take a shortcut in the series. <laughs> I don't know if you do or not. I get the idea of bouncing off stuff, though. I mean, I bounced off lord of the ring the lord of the Rings series a ton before i actually finished reading the whole series um as a kid i i couldn't i'd get to the fellowship and the council of elrond and just start yawning and be i'm done man like i what's funny though is i destroyed 
the Silmarillion as a kid. I read that as a kid, no problem. But the Lord of the Rings series, I just bounced off of a bunch as a kid. So, you know, I if if you do pick up the Dark Tower series, I hope you enjoy it. I think the first book is amazing. It's not very long. Again, I think the third book is awesome. I think four and five are both really, really, really cool, especially five. Uh, six and seven are awesome. You know, the Dark Tower <clears throat> series book, I won't say which book, but one of the books, there's a certain part that makes me cry every time I read it. And between that and Bridge to Terabithia, that's how I check my humanity from time to time. I'll read one of those two books, either Bridge to Terabithia or the certain book in the Dark Tower series, and see if it makes me cry still. And if it does, I'm still human. If not, well, then, <laughs> then there you are, man. So, you know, again, I apologize to you and your credit card, <laughs> to your credit card, because that couldn't have been too cheap. There's several big books in that box set, but that's awesome, man. I hope you enjoy it. And uh, yeah, since we're talking books, let's get into some reading rainbow. Like I said in my last episode, <clears throat> excuse me, I was going to start reading Stephen King's, one of his newer books called Fairy Tale. And I finished that in uh, probably less than 24, maybe a little more than 20. I, I, I sped through it. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. I It's not in my, you know, it's not on the level of the Dark Tower series. Though, <laughs> when my mom was first telling me about that book, I asked her, I was like, oh, cool. Is it in the Dark Tower? Like, is it part of the Dark Tower? Does it tie in? And so she looked it up, and the first article that popped up said, no, fairy tale is not related to the Dark Tower at all. It a thousand percent is. <laughs> it's one. There's a line, a famous line from The Gunslinger, the first book in the Dark Tower series, that is taken word for word and put into this fairy tale book in the same context and everything uh there there is a few other more subtle nods to the dark tower series but they're absolutely in there and it it's set in the same multiverse which is the whole point of the dark tower books is that it's a big multiverse and so yes it absolutely is tied in tangentially you don't need to read the dark tower books excuse me, my allergies are acting up, um, in order to enjoy and fully understand and just get everything from fairy tale. But it is a million percent tied into the Dark Tower series. But yeah, I did enjoy it. It's a fun adventure where a high school boy basically goes on a sweet adventure. It's what um, our buddy Swordbreaker would call a portal fantasy, kind of a la the Narnia books. You go through a portal and you're in a magical realm. Uh, the book has a lot of that. It's got some sweet, <laughs> some sweet Cthulhu mythos stuff going on in there. Um, it's it's fun. It's a fun book. It's it's kind of sad at the start uh, when you're just finding out about the main character and the the mundane world and everything it's Stephen King. So, um, 
it's a little sad. There's some sad stuff that happens before the adventure starts, but it's, it's cool. <laughs> it's, I don't know. There was some reading, <clears throat> a, something about reading it. One, the, the kid is supposed to be like 17 in the story and he doesn't read as a 17 year old, but that's because the story is being told by him at an older age. So it sort of makes sense that he doesn't really read like a 17 year old, but at the same time, it's like, uh, so I was a little, I was a little iffy about that part, but <laughs> there's also a lot of like modern references in there to things, products and apps and all sorts of things in the modern world right now that I don't know how well they will age. It really sets the time. It really, really, really wants you to know it's set in the quote unquote real world right now as you're reading it in the early 2020s. It really wants you to know that. Um, so, yeah, like I said, I don't know how well that will age, but we'll see. We'll see. I think it's definitely worth a read. Stephen King is funny, man. Like <laughs> the one line that just kind of took me back. I was like, damn. Your editor didn't catch that. Nobody said, maybe don't use this. So he's describing, he's describing this one teenage girl that's into the main character. And he's talking about how attractive she is, which it's always weird when a 17, when a 70 something year old, he's probably closer to 80 now. He, yeah. He's probably in his late seventies, Stephen King writing about, you know, a 15, 16, 17-year-old girl. It's talking about how hot she is. You're always like, ah, okay. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I'll be doing it. Um, but he, <laughs> he describes it as he says her name and then says something to the effect of proof that white people don't mess everything up <laughs> because apparently two white people produced a hot daughter. <laughs> and it's just like, come on, Steven. Jesus, man. Your editor didn't catch that. But be besides that, it's like I said, I would I would read it. Um, it's a very quick read. It's not a very long book. I think it could have been a bit shorter, maybe. But I, I don't know that I recommend the audio version of it. The audio version is weird. So the the, the narrator is fine. The narrator is totally fine and does an adequate job, but there's a part in the story where the main character comes across a cassette tape that he needs to listen to, and the part on the cassette tape is read by Stephen King, so it's very jarring. Like, up until then, the person on the cassette tape, his voice has been portrayed by the narrator, and then all of a sudden when they get to this cassette tape, that totally changes, and now it's Stephen King voicing this character, and it was very jolting, and it <laughs> sort of didn't sound like Stephen King had really read up on his lines, even though he was the one that wrote them. So I don't know. It was just very, it was very jarring, and it goes on for quite a while, and I was like, okay, come on, man. <laughs> so I don't necessarily recommend the audio version, but... I do recommend the book if you're a fan of Stephen King. If you're looking for something fun to read while you're on vacation, sitting by a pool or on the beach or something, it's it's a really quick read. You can finish it in a couple days. 
but yeah, that's Fairy Tale by Stephen King. Now, I don't know what I'm going to read next. It might be the second book of the Dragon Bone Chair trilogy, or it's not a trilogy. It's longer than that. And I was just looking on Audible. And so Audible has the Dragon Bone Chair, the first book. It's got the second book. It's got the fourth and fifth book, but it does not have the third book. So, ah, <laughs> that's the problem. I also um, just recently downloaded the first two books in terms of the original series and publication dates, not in order, chronological order. Uh, the first two books of the Dragon Riders of Pern books, because I I have never read those before. I know those are classic 80s, you know, I, uh, people my age, a lot of them, a lot of you folks out there listening to this have read the Dragon Riders of Pern before, but I don't think I ever had, I have no memory of those stories. I, I have memory, I've heard the name before, Dragon Riders of Pern, of course, but yeah, I really don't think I've ever read the story. So that might be what I dive into next is reading the first book in the Dragon Riders of Pern series. I don't know. We'll see. Because I don't, I don't know what else. I can go back and finish Ripper's Shadow, the Jack the Ripper book. I, I still need to do that. I always feel bad if I don't finish a book that I start. I don't like not finishing books. So maybe I'll go back and do that. But anyway, that's enough for the Reading Rainbow segment today. So let's, let's take some calls. Hey, Joe. Daniel from Manitz Keep. Uh, just listening to your latest episode. I, I'm really loving, and I know there's been a little gap, so <laughs> I'm loving the, the Wrath of the Righteous kind of uh, overviews because the campaign just sounds super cool. So uh, I'm loving where it's going. Very, very nice. The book seems interesting as well. You know, <laughs> it's funny. I've definitely read books where, like, I liked everything in the book, but the main character, I was kind of like, really? This is who we're following? <laughs> so maybe they'll get better in the next book. Who knows? But that that's really cool. But to Jason's call about the Call of Cthulhu fighting the, the Shoggoth, that sounds really cool, and I would definitely be interested in hearing that or on some level participating because I think that it would be really fun to fight stuff and call Cthulhu. <laughs> Although we'll just throw fire at it and kill it. So it's not going to be a problem. Flamethrower, you're dead, Shagath. Easily done. Easy, easy. <laughs> and I'm really enjoying it. I've, I've, I've listened to the first two, because I assume that they're going to keep going, of the uh, dragon fights uh, on jewels from NZ. That have been really fun. And like you said, the uh, both the fight and the analysis on Pink Phantom have been great. I'm really thinking about doing an OD&D one now. OD&D versus Dragon. Could be pretty interesting. I'll tell you right now, uh, if which is I, you know, I've run it actually that way at cons, but with chainmail, it's actually impossible for a first level party to fight a dragon because they just can't hit it unless they have certain items, which is basically what the entire adventure is about in the con is, is getting the magic items to be able to fight the dragon. But if you use OD and D rules, though, you can hit a dragon even if you're first level. So it'd be interesting to play that out and see from the very beginning. I can tell you already, though, that uh, a dragon in OD&D will not come anywhere near 550 hit points or whatever it was <laughs> uh, in that first dragon you guys fought with in with Jules' uh, podcast. Oh, that was why I called in. You know, I think you're right. Unearth Arcana is definitely a gateway to what we see in the future, right? Kind of optimized characters, a little bit more like high powered as far as the ability scores, pick what you want, have a character kind of uh, 
work around what you're creating. And some of the characters like the Cavalier and stuff are very, very powerful. And it's showing that like kind of start at heroic versus maybe uh, start at less heroic, I guess, as people might consider uh, some of the AD&D stuff. Although I'll tell you what, as I've said before, in OD&D, especially if you use chainmail, you are very heroic. It's much closer to a modern uh, way of playing in that sense, as far as how much power your character has, than than AD&D is or OD&D with supplements. So anyways, that's long enough to ramble on. I look forward to uh, listening to more of your episodes, and I'll talk to you soon. Dude, thank you so much, Dale. That's awesome, man. It's always nice to hear from you. Uh, I'm glad you're enjoying the episode. And that's cool that you checked out the Jewels from NZ episodes where we fight the dragons. Yeah, they do go on for a few more episodes, though not for as many as you might think. Um, we do get lucky eventually. But I, w- I would love for you to do it in OD&D with or without Chainmail just to see how you actually run it as a, at a con because I, I don't know if we'll ever be a a con together and i just i i would find it really really interesting uh because the more i you know watch your uh solo play because if you don't know folks daniel is running an odnd with chainmail solo play on his youtube channel which is bandits keep uh and it, it's fascinating and awesome but yeah they those odnd characters are not chumps um they're they're totally awesome and uh it's it's been really 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 fun to watch so if you're looking to see how OD&D worked how original Dungeons and Dragons worked and chainmail and using outdoor survival and everything the way it ran when it first came out way back when almost 50 years ago check out the Bandits Keep YouTube channel like i said he's running uh, he's running solo play on there, and it's it's really really good. But anyway, man, talking about Wrath of the Righteous, I'm I'm glad you're enjoying the recaps, man, because uh, I just think it's an awesome awesome adventure path. And we just played uh, at time of recording. We played yesterday, so let me get into a wrathful recap. It's a wrathful recap, yeah. A mother-loving, badass, wrathful recap. Yeah, yeah, coming at you right now. Here we go with a wrathful recap. Yeah, yeah, a mother-loving, badass, wrathful recap. That was weird. (laughs) That was totally weird. I do not know where that came from. But uh, we did play another session of... Paizo's amazing six-part adventure path, Wrath of the Righteous. We are currently in book three, which is titled Demon's Heresy. The, the, the characters haven't really started to explore what that heresy is yet, but they know that there is one. There is some heresy going on, and they'll have to dive into that at some point. But in this session, we had... Almost everybody. We were only down one player instead of two, so that was nice. Um, and with the with the players having lifted Citadel Dresden out of uh, out of desolation and destruction, no longer being a ruined city, the and also being surrounded, the whole area is shielded 
by this, like I've said, miles wide radius of magical protection against demons, the spirit in the town is on the rise. More people are trickling in from the south. Um, and so people are in a good mood. People are really happy to see the characters as they walk around town. So that was cool. They got a little they got a little taste of that. Haven, our paladin slash blacksmith, has been hard at work crafting magical weapons. And with the rescue of the the priest Jesker that they rescued, he was able with Haven's help to uncorrupt the corruption forge. And the corruption forge is this giant magical blacksmithing forge that the demons had built in the bowels of the Dresden dungeons, which coincidentally the demons had also built the dungeons. Um, and it was super evil and needed a bunch of love and magic in order to make it non-evil anymore. So with Jesker's help, they were able to uncorrupt the corruption forge, which speeds up the crafting process by 20%. So, I fast-forwarded a week, and in that week, Haven was able to finish making Nyx, our bard, making Nyx's whip holy. So now, Bloodsong, which is the name of Nyx's whip, uh, is, also, is a holy weapon now, which is nice. And uh, Haven started on her own stuff. But so, in the, you know, after that week had passed, uh, I, I asked the players what they wanted to do, and I, I had strongly hinted about uh, Chester. He had been having dreams. Uh, Chester is our halfling cavalier who rides a riding dog into combat. I, I was hinting at him that he had been having dreams about another older halfling that looked familiar but wasn't really sure about, and off to the west of Citadel Dresden, only a few days travel away from the west, there were rumors that during the Second Crusade, this adventure currently takes place during the Fifth Crusade, the Second Crusade was about probably 80 years ago. Around then, a settlement of halfling cavaliers was founded in what was then Sarkoris, which is the name of the country that this adventure takes place in. It's now just called the world wound because a giant interdimensional portal erupted and opened inside of Sarkoris where demons can just come in and out of. So that's a pretty bad country to live in these days. But anyway, so the party decided they were going to go explore the, uh, explore the halfling village and see what's up with that. And so on their way, we're doing random encounter checks and again, it's a percent chance for random encounter every time they enter a new hex, or every yeah, every time they enter a new hex, and then a higher percent chance at night of having a random encounter. And so they got one. They triggered one at night. Nyx was on guard when it happened and had her roll a deep percentile to see what it was and rolled up a Galabrazoo demon. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> And so I did the thing where I rolled to see how far away it was, right? And a Calabrazoo is this giant bipedal 
horned demon with pinchers for hands, plus other like two other claws that it can attack with. It's got spikes all over it. So I rolled, and this thing was like ended up being around eight hundred feet away. Uh, and I said, "Okay, so what do you what do you want to do?" It hasn't noticed you. It's it's you know dawn is just starting to break, a sickly light. That's how you can see it. What do you do? So she woke up the rest of the crew, and at that point, it had moved and was closer, but still pretty far away. Still hadn't noticed them. And I said, okay, what do you want? Do you guys want to... Basically, it came down to, do you want to fight or flight? You know, do you want to try and fight it or run away? And they talked and talked. And all the while, as they're discussing what they want to do, it's getting closer and closer. And finally, they decided, all right, we screwed it. We're going to fight this thing. I was like, okay, it, it hasn't noticed you. And But I said, as soon as you start casting spells or anything like that, you know, it's going to get a perception check to notice you guys because spells, you have to talk to cast spells and do a bunch of shit. Um, and so they they spent around casting spells, made a perception check. They noticed them right away and boom, combat began. <laughs> and again, they were it was at that point, it was like 300 feet away. And it started casting mean magic on them as it's closing the gap. The party was actually really smart this time and didn't run to meet it where, you know, at the end of their turn, it's there right next to it. And now it's its turn and has a full round attack action. They waited. They held their ground. They waited for it to close the gap until they could get into position. And so it was it was a tough fight, man. It, it was Chester almost went down. Haven took some damage. Uh, this thing was tough. It hit really hard. And it was it was an interesting fight because plus it cast mirror image on itself. So it had a bunch of images around it, which just makes it way harder to hit. And I rolled max for its mirror images. So it started with seven images, which means if you hit this thing through its armor class, you then have to roll a D8. If you roll an eight, you get it. If you roll anything less than an eight, you pop a bubble, pop an image, and then you go down the die chain as you do. Uh, and it was a good fight, but the heroes ended up prevailing. You know, bef before the fight, I think it was Nick said, does this thing have any sh anything shiny on it? I was like, no, man, there's no treasure here. This is just a random encounter fight, like fight or flight and so they fought it ended up killing Nyx was the one that killed it her new whip is pretty badass uh, even though in Pathfinder whips don't do a whole lot but Nyx has tricked out this whip and the whip has some innate powers too because uh, she got it from a pretty evil a pretty evil demon early on in the campaign so it's sort of gone up in power as, as Nyx has so that's pretty fun but the party kept exploring. They had to enter another hex. No random encounter when they entered. None at night. And so they slept through the night. On the next day, they found a hex. They got to the hex with the um, where the settlement is. They explored for a day. No random encounters. They they found the village, which was just it's just in ruins now. And all that's left of the village was a a graveyard with a bunch of broken down headstones and one big ass mausoleum. And it turns out the mausoleum is a mausoleum to one of Chester's ancestors. And so 
that was pretty interesting. The the halfling that Chester had been dreaming about turned out to basically be his like great great grand uncle, um, and was this one of the last was the last surviving member of this community here at this little village. So when he died to demons, his bones weren't buried. They weren't interred in this crypt. So he's sort of tormented. He can't leave the area. He told them, if you don't kill the creature that has been tormenting me, I'm going to I'm going to go kill all of your family. I'm going to kill all of your kin. And the party figured out, well, no, that's just a bluff because you can't leave this area. But <laughs> still, even though the the ghost ghost halfling was kind of maddened because he'd been being tortured by this demon who just loves torturing spirits like that and so the party went down in the mausoleum fought some monsters sanctified the tomb and got some sick-ass treasure out of it and freed chester's great great uncle's spirit and let him rest in peace now and because of that that counts as a mythic trial for chester so Chester got another level, or not another level, another mythic tier. Because the way book three works, there's basically a bunch of encounters for... There's basically one encounter for each of the PCs tied to whatever campaign trait they took to sort of tie into their background. Uh, and Chester was the first one they did. It's the closest one, so it sort of makes sense. And I, I told the party, I was like, I'm glad none of you are playing the Archmage um, mythic path because that one, that encounter, it's actually the final boss <laughs> is when defeating the final boss is when the Archmage would get their mythic trial to get their mythic tier, which... I get that someone has to be last, but with the rest of them, with every other every other character trait that you could have taken other than the Archmage one, the party can choose which ones to go to. They don't know, you know, obviously they don't know which one is tied to what. They have some hints, but you could pick and choose which one you want to go to. You, But with the Archmage, I mean, it is the last one unless you stumble across it way early and get the shit kicked out of it. Because if you try and do it early, it's going to be bad news bears. Uh, but it was a it was a fun session. It was good to have every, almost everybody back. We still didn't have a whole group. And I don't know when we will have a whole group again. It's, it's odd. Um, our next session, we're going to be down two players again. So we're going to have a group configuration that we haven't seen before. So that should be pretty interesting. <laughs> pretty excited to see how that group configuration works. But yeah, it was awesome. You know, we we banged some more stuff out. We're slowly creeping in on the third book and working our way through it. And I just, I love this adventure path. I love it still. I love this book in particular. Um, this is definitely my favorite book so far. I like them exploring around in the world wound, uh, doing the hex crawl thing with the random encounters and just coming up against some crazy ass demons and other denizens of the world wound. 
but yeah, it, it's a great, it's a great adventure path. I was about to say it's a great little adventure path, but there's nothing little about it. It's a big sprawling adventure path, which is awesome. And I can't wait to get even further into it. But that's it, folks. That was my wrathful recap. I'm not going to sing the song again because I don't remember the lyrics. Uh, so I'm going to get out of here uh, and I'll see you in the outro. Yeah, so that was a cool episode. Call from Carl, call from Daniel. Thank you both, boys. Those are awesome. We'll talk about some Stephen King, some Wrath of the Righteous, just a bunch of good stuff. One thing we didn't hear about and that we haven't heard about for quite a while, though, is the Beyond the Wall game that I was running. And it it really seems like that game is dead. It's To be fair, that game's been running since, I think, February. It's supposed to be a weekly game. And as a group, a whole group, we've only played together with everybody there like two times. <laughs> you know, we've missed a bunch of weeks. There's plenty of every other week except for those two weeks. We've been missing one person or another. And it's just, you know, everyone said that Sundays was good, was a good day for them. And it just seems like Sunday isn't a good day. So I think, I don't know, I'm not making any official decisions yet, but the reality of the situation is it's it's very hard to run a game that's that inconsistent. It's just, it's a lot more effort than, than it needs to be, right? Like, when you're trying to figure out where the player is, where the character is that's missing, when you're trying to figure out if we're playing every week, like, yeah, it, it's just, I don't know. It, it, <laughs> like I said, the reality is since February, we've only played as a whole group twice. So what does that, what does that tell you about the game? Um, not as so much about the game, but just about reality of the schedules and all of that stuff. So, yeah, I don't know, man. It's a bummer. It was fun. It was a good group. But, you know, not all things last. Not all things can work out. And that's that's also okay. You know, games can start up and then peter out. And that's, that's okay. Uh, it's not a reflection on anybody or anything. It's just a reflection of life. Uh, life feeds on life as Tool says this is necessary and yeah so that's cool but other than that things are things are going alright you know like I said earlier Wrath is going really well that's been really fun uh, I want to read some more We Deal in Lead that uh, Dark Tower RPG based off of Into the Odd that I talked about with Jason on Nerds RPG Variety Cast a couple episodes back, and that I've mentioned on this show, and I also mentioned on Keep Off the Borderlands. That's a that's a little mini campaign that would be fun to get going at some point. I have no idea. Oh, but one thing. Speaking of stuff, one thing I forgot to address in Daniel's call. Sorry about that, Daniel. But as far as the Shoggoth versus Call of Cthulhu Investigator fight goes. Yeah, that's a thing I want to do, and if that ever happens, Daniel, you'll you'll definitely 
you know, you'll definitely know about it, man, for sure. I would love to have you part of that. Because I think that'd be fun to try and design and call a Cthulhu investigator that can stand up to a Shoggoth. You know, how do you spend the points, you know, using the rules of character creation, not just going crazy with it, but using the rules of character creation. And we would be using, if I was to run it, the only version, and I know all the versions are basically the same in this latest version, changes the most they say but again it's the only one i know so we would be using seventh edition or whatever edition of call of cthulhu using the rules for character creation and that to build an investigator to stand up against the shoggoth would be awesome like daniel said you know you want to have some points in use of like flamethrowers or demolitions or heavy machine guns you know you'd build like a crack army unit or something like that um but, <laughs> you know, a 1920s special ops force would be pretty cool to see on the field, I think. But yeah, dudes, that's that's about it. It's it's Memorial Day at time of recording. Uh, it's Memorial, Memorial Day weekend here in America where we, you know, celebrate all the all the soldiers who didn't make it back and just all the soldiers you know, throughout our nation's pretty violent history, pretty bloody history in terms of fighting wars. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, you know, it's a big deal. I, my, my dad and my maternal grandfather, both were veterans. My dad served in Vietnam. My granddad served in world war two. Um, my dad went to like a Catholic military high school and everything. So that was, it was because of my disability, because of my fucked up eyes, military service was never on the table for me. But had I not had that, who knows how hard my dad would have pushed. Uh, you never know. He was big into football. And so I had to play football for four years in high school, but that, that was fun got me two surgeries out of it you know a lifetime of bad knees <laughs> anyway uh, yeah so if you're a veteran out there thank you for your service if you have family members who are veterans or you know relatives who didn't make it back family members who went off to war and never made it back send them a thought today uh you know, they gave up a lot to to do what they felt was right. Um, and that's that's a big that's big, you know. That's again, that's another part of reality. I guess I'm gonna have to put reality in the title because I've said that word a lot now. But all right, that's that's enough rambling. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. Enjoy your long weekend. Um yeah, stay safe, stay healthy, stay hydrated, and uh, take care of yourself and somebody else. And until next time, peace out. Now let me just find my phone so I can press the stop recorder button.